State Representative Tim Butler, who's on the ballot for the 87th House District. Representative, a lot of people know you already, but for those who don't, um, what's... Uh, Bishop, I, I get a little worried when you say you're going to lay it all out there for us. So well, I don't know. It's what, it's what I try to do. Try to give all sides, right? Uh, so we did hear from your opponent uh, earlier this hour, and we'll get your response to a couple of things she had to say. But for people who, who aren't familiar with State Representative Tim Butler, um, who are you? Yeah, well... I, you know, look, I'm somebody who's uh, been involved as, um, you know, as in our community for over 20 years. I've lived in Springfield since 1998. Uh, I'm proud to have been a public servant for much of my life. I've worked for people like Rodney Davis and Ray LaHood, uh, trying to do good things in the uh, communities of central Illinois. I spent several years working at St. John's Hospital as a director of marketing but even more than that, I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of the uh, volunteer activities I've, uh, I've done in town. I was, uh, for a very long time, very involved with the Springfield Roadrunners Club on trying to uh, get people to have a great fit lifestyle here in Springfield, Illinois. I've been involved with the Lincoln Park Neighborhood Association, uh, been involved with downtown Springfield and a variety of groups. So uh, I love living in the capital city. I love living in central Illinois. I'm a central Illinois native. Um, uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, it'll be 25 years next year, and uh, you know it's uh, I just I I love trying to help out the community. I, I I'm proud to be a Central Illinois person and uh, just trying to do good things. State Representative Tim Butler joins us with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm going to touch on a couple of different topics that we also talked with um, your opponent about, but I did want to get just one direct response that she brought up, and it was about campaign money. Uh, She says you get ComEd money, uh, money from other, she called, quote, nefarious sources, and I think she's referring to just corporate dollars in general. Talk a bit about the campaign donations you get, and are you beholden to anybody in particular because of campaign donations you may receive? Well, first of all, I mean, every every donation that I've ever received in a little over five years in the General Assembly uh, is all legal. It's all done by the boards. It's, it's the laws that have been put in place in Illinois, uh, and people are allowed to participate in the process. Um, raising dollars for elections, whether whether you're getting that from private citizens or whether you get, you're getting that through PACs and, and other organizations is all a legal part of the process. And, and to try to make that otherwise, I, I think, is wrong. I mean, these are laws that have been put in place, largely laws that have been put in place by, by Democrats that have, that have controlled Illinois for a long time um, that, that allow people to, to run for office. Look, you run for office, it takes money. It takes money for advertising. It takes money to have an organization and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's part of the process. So, um, and a lot of the, the entities that have given money to me legally uh, are entities that, that provide jobs here in Illinois and provide jobs in, in the 87th district and have people that contribute to PAC funds uh, out of their own personal dollars to, to participate in the process. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, participating in our process through, through being involved in campaigns is a constitutionally protected right. So, so look, I don't, uh, I don't, um, begrudge anyone for wanting to run for office and wanting to raise money to try to do that. It's it's part of the process. So, uh, but can we make some changes? Absolutely. I've said I think we need to be much more strict in our laws. I'd I'd like to see us be much more like the federal guidelines that are much lower in in the donations that you can get and and really tighten up uh, the money that you can receive. I mean, when when members of the General Assembly and I I don't get these checks, but when members of the General Assembly get contributions of over $50,000 at one time, I don't think that's right. And I think we need to tighten it up. And I've 
I've said I think we need to be much more like the like the um, the federal laws, which um, are, are much lower in their limits and much stricter in what you can get. We're talking with State Representative Tim Butler on the WMA more, WMAY morning news feed. And Chris Murphy's in the newsroom. Tim, I'll ask you the same question I asked the other candidate about the natural gas thing. Uh, you know, the plant in Pawnee, where do you stand on that? Well, I think that would be uh, a great um, uh, thing for our area. Look, the, the reason... The major reason we've seen the reduction in in the use of coal is is not because necessarily of renewable energy such as wind or solar. It's because of fracking. It's because of the the reliance that we've seen on natural gas across the country. That's why we've seen the reduction in in coal so much. And so I, I think if to be able to provide a plant in Pawnee, um, which isn't in the district that that we represent, and it's not going to compete with the CWLP or anything like that. They're going to provide they're going to provide energy for places around the country, but it's going to be located here because it's it's a good central location for this project to to be located because of the infrastructure that we have in the area. And I think it'd be a great project. I, I think it, it would provide jobs. It would provide um, uh, good energy for, for people around the country that need it. And I, I hope that it's, it's something that we get done. We have uh, Vistra Energy announcing that in the next seven years, they're going to be closing all of their coal-fired power plants across the state uh, from, you know, uh, uh, gosh, uh, I, I can't remember all the places, like five or six different places, yeah, Bartonville. They, they announced, and, four, they announced oh. four, four of their plants last week. Right? Yeah. Kincaid. Yeah, on top, on top of the one they announced before. So, and we've got uh, CWLP also looking at possibly closing um, or decommissioning uh, several of its they're plants. Shut, they're going to shut down three of their three other turbines, right, yeah. What What is that forecast for the state, and what kinds of things should uh, policymakers do in Illinois to ensure that we have viable options and that we don't see ourselves, uh, in a way, uh, like rolling blackouts? Like California. Look, look, Bishop, energy issues and energy policy is one of the things that I've loved getting involved with in the General Assembly. I'm on both the House Public Utilities Committee and the House Energy Environment Committee. These are the two main committees for energy policy, and I've been I've been on I've been on the Environment Committee since the day I walked in the door at the General Assembly. I, there, there's nothing, you know, energy issues and the power that that powers our economy and powers our lives is one of the most important issues that that we have before us. I'm proud to represent a district that really underscores, I think, more than any district in the state. The diversity that we have in power generation, power delivery in the state of Illinois. We, I, I live in a, a, a city that it's run by a municipally owned uh, utility that uses a coal mine that's just north of here in Williamsville to, to run and turn on the lights here in Springfield. We have uh, co-ops across the district. We have investor-owned utilities like Ameren that are involved. And on top of that, we have a significant uh, renewable energy presence with over 200 wind turbines in Logan County. We've got a solar, big solar array that's going into to, to um, Logan County. And on top of that, the district is 10 miles from the Clinton nuclear power plant. So I think we underscore what we need, the right mix of moving forward. Look, coal coal's on the decline. I, I don't, you know, I, I believe coal is an important par- part of this, but coal's on the decline. And a lot of it has to do with the cost of coal, not being able to compete with natural gas. A lot of it has to do with the fact that people realize that we need to be better stewards of our earth when it comes to, you know, using products like coal and what that means for the environment and things like that. It's a variety of reasons why coal has gone down. But that doesn't mean we can move forward into to the future that provides 
provides good energy that's generated here in Illinois. And I'm with you 100%. We, we cannot be California. We cannot see rolling blackouts. Right now, Illinois is a net exporter of energy out of this state. We provide for the people of Illinois, and we export out of state. We need to continue to do that. I'm talking with State Representative Tim Butler. Uh, a couple of other things to touch on here, of course, on the ballot is the proposed constitutional amendment to change the flat income tax to one with higher rates on higher earners. Um, what's your stance on that, and what should the state do if it doesn't get the 60%-plus uh, threshold to pass? Well, I'm I'm completely opposed to the, the tax amendment. I, I voted against it when it was in when it was up for a vote in the House of Representatives. Um, I voted against the language that that explained it on the ballot as well. And I think what 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 people need to understand it's very easy to say, oh, we're going to tax the millionaires and the billionaires. Well, you got you got a billionaire governor that's pushing the fact that he wants to tax more people, and obviously you got billionaires on on the no side because. You know they're they're putting money into to, you know, not have higher taxes on them. But who it really impacts are the thousands of small businesses, the farmers, the people who own an auto body shop, the people who own, a, you know, uh, you know, just the small business owners across the state who may have seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and more in revenue, not not income, but in revenue, because that's how it's going to work. If you're a sole proprietor, if you're an uh, uh, S corp, and you have passed through money that that's your that's viewed as your individual income, you're going to get hit with this tax at from, from cent one at 8%. And that's not right. I think, I think this is going to be a bad move if, if the voters approve this. I think this is going to be another nail in the coffin for people moving out of state, especially jobs going out of state, because we're going to raise taxes on, on really on middle-class people who run, who run shops and farm and things like that. That's who's going to be taxed. I think outside of that, if it doesn't pass, which I hope it doesn't pass, that we get real about looking at how we restrain spending in Illinois. The governor signed and the Democrats, the Democrats passed and the governor signed the largest budget in Illinois history at $42 billion at a time when we know, we know there's only 36 or $37 billion coming in the door. That's outrageous. Without getting serious about how we can find ways to reduce spending, and that's going to, very honestly... I think with the Democrats are in control or, or liberal people or progressive people in control, that's not going to happen in Illinois. We need to elect more Republicans and hold hold the, the budget responsible, people responsible on the budget, to get us to a balanced budget. That's where we need to be, but it's not happening today. State Representative Tim Butler, it's all the time we've got. Greatly appreciate you taking it with us this hour, and uh, we'll connect again in the near future. Thanks, guys.